0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight On Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy. Thank you for listening. Before we get to our episode today, I would just like to let the listeners know to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. You can find our podcasts on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio as well. So find us on there. Also, if you'd want to get a hold of us, Find us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Fight on Montana, also Instagram at FightOnMontana as well, and also our Facebook page at Fight on Montana as well. Uh, so let's not waste a minute. Let's, let's get into our episode today. We have the great pleasure in having Senior Associate Commissioner of Championships for the Big Sky Conference, John Casper, with us today. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So, hey, uh, John, I totally appreciate you spending some time with us and asking uh, some or answering some questions about, you know, what everyone wants to know about. And thanks for coming on the podcast. I gotta tell you, uh, first of all, like uh, amazing job on the schedule. Uh, That's got to be a pretty stressful and thankless job uh, creating a schedule like that. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you props about that. So, well, thanks. A lot
1: of it goes to Dan Satter, our de- our deputy, he's really smart. So I just helped along with some of the historical stuff and making sure, you know, checking his work and and uh I mean I had some ideas
0: and things like that, but he gets a lot of credit. Nice, nice. So can you kind of walk us through the process and making the schedule? Yeah, well,
1: first, you know, we had um we had schedule from the fall and our plan, you know, was to hopefully just be able to use that schedule and move it um, into the fall, into the spring. And I think for a lot of time, we thought we were gonna be able to do that. But as we continue to have more discussions with the athletic directors and with the football coaches, I it became clear number one, that probably all 13 schools were not gonna play. And that, playing eight games, knowing you have a full fall season coming up in the fall of 21, that a lot of the coaches weren't um, looking forward to playing eight games from a you know student athlete welfare perspective. So the first thing that had to happen was we needed to know who was going to commit to playing um, and who was out and then kind of develop the parameters of what that schedule would be. How many games, how many weeks, um, how many bus trips was was important for financial reasons, but then also trying to look at the, the schedule coming up in the fall of 21 and looking back at the spring of 19, because obviously we have rotations so mm-hmm. that you know, one year you play, you know, the Cat Grizz game, one year it's in Missoula, one year it's in Bozeman. One year you play Eastern at in Cheney, one year you play in, in Missoula. Um, and so we didn't want to have a bunch of games in the fall of 21 that were, you know, we just went there like five months ago. Yeah. It wasn't always possible to do that, but we, so so we looked at those types of things and then we talked about you know, playing football in some of our locations in in late February and early March, not a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, having been in this league for seventeen years, was the one saying we can't chase weather. You know, like it could be beautiful in Missoula or Ogden, Utah, or Greeley in early March, or it could be awful. Yeah, um, we we can't predict that. And we have teams in our league, you know, five teams in recent years have played football in December at home and they don't have indoor practice facilities to practice. But ultimately we did probably the smart thing in that first week of the season. If you look at it, we scheduled games in California, games in our domes, and then the one um, in Portland where know it's probably not going to blizzard but it probably could (laughs) rain so you know it's hard because you 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 can't predict the weather here um so we had to look at all those types of things and we have a football committee that's um chaired by mark Orr, the um, athletic director at sacramento state and um ken haslam is uh part of that committee lynn hickey from eastern washington and then uh, Kami Bechtold, the SWA at uh, Montana State, and Dana Capolucci the um, SWA at Portland State. So we've been meeting weekly probably since April and um, going through these types of things. And, and now that we've got the schedule done, we're looking at things like the tiebreaker and, um, you know, minimum roster sizes that you're going to need to play. And things like that. So the work is is far from done, and then we have a totally separate committee that's that's working on the medical aspect of it and the testing protocols and and the, all the game protocols. But from yeah, it's nice to have a football schedule done and know that that's what we're going to do. Now we're oh, another thing we're working up on what how are we going to make up games and what's the order, and how's that going to work? And one of the reasons you'll notice that in week four that we put like the Montana State-Montana game, I think the Eastern-Idaho game, and uh, Weber-Southern Utah, we put some of those key rivalry games in that week for two reasons. Number one, it's an open week the week before. So, you know, hopefully if we can get through three weeks, they can have an open week, and if something were to happen with outbreaks, you would have some time to get over those and get ready for that game but then it'll be a priority for that game in week four to be a makeup game on April 17th. Obviously everyone in Montana wants the Montana, Montana state game to happen. Yeah. And so we worked with some of those rivalry games to put them there to give us a better chance to get those games played. Um, I know it's a tradition since 1993, with the exception of September. um 2001 when september 11th kind of messed with the schedule the cat grizz game has been the final game of the regular season um but with us having those open weeks we decided to to put it scheduled for march 27th but giving it some flexibility that if something were to happen we could play it on on april 17th
0: awesome so what made the schedule be a uh And I think you kind of hit a little bit of it, a six game uh, two by format. Uh, I know you mentioned um, some schools were not looking forward to playing eight games. Were there any other things that were kind of part of that as well?
1: Well, I mean, we we talked about whether there should be could could you should you be able to play a non conference game potentially um, during one of those open weeks? because. We're starting, you can start playing games on February 20th, which which we, we're not going to do. And part of that is the weather issue and getting kids back from Christmas break. Yeah. Um, and and you know, they're gonna take a long break. A lot of them have had some fall practices and and kind of like a f- spring ball in the fall, but now you know they could be going home for a long stretch of time, and you do need seven to eight weeks from what our coaches say, what the strength and conditioning coaches say to get prepared to play, you know, Division I FCS football season. So you've got the weather factor, you've got the calendar. So we opted not to play games on February 20th. Um, And then it was, like I said, who's playing um, and then getting the matchups set in order. Um, But there was discussion, you know, there were some schools that felt, We should still play eight. Some that felt we should play six, seven doesn't work because of the math with thirteen teams. Yeah, Um, and so we ultimately settled on six. And then it was, should we just play six straight, six straight weeks? Should we put some buys in? If you look at what's happening, you know, right now with the amount of college games that are being canceled, I think we like now we feel pretty good about having those bye weeks. You know, you just keep hoping by the time March rolls around that things will be in a better place and we'll and we'll have a vaccine um because i know i know we're all tired tired of of this so yeah yeah, yeah I, I just want to see ultimately we just want to see the student athletes have a chance to play they, they the overwhelming majority want that want to play so we want to you know that's what that's why we're in this business and and we just trying to do it in a safe and healthy way. And, but you learn more every day and things change every day. And I mean, we still know we have a football schedule and that could change, that still could change. So, you know, you just don't know. There's still a lot of time between now and February
0: 27th. Yeah. So do you see it challenging uh, for the playoff committee um, selecting teams with, you know, conferences um playing I saw one conference I forgot what conference it was was playing five games you know the big sky's playing six. I think Missouri Valley is playing eight yeah uh, how in the world are they gonna be able to uh, you know <laughs> yeah. judge apples and oranges and you know it's, yeah. it's crazy.
1: it's gonna be a tough job and and you know Ken Haslam is on that committee um so he shared some of those thoughts about what the you know the committee's gonna face with challenges they they've got teams that, like a central Arkansas has played, you know, pretty much a full schedule this fall and they are going to be eligible for a playoff selection. So if they're not playing any games in the spring and you know, they're seven and three or whatever, and and they might be in line for an at-large bid, are they going to go, yeah, we're we're in, we will, we'll practice, you know, are they going to, how are they going to practice? Are they going to do that? But yeah, you've got, you have no indicators with the non-conference part of the schedule, you know, normally we're playing a a healthy number of games against the Missouri Valley. Um, And so you're, you know, you have things to look at and go, yeah, that team's good. That team, maybe not. And you're going to have teams probably that play four games, six games, eight games. Um, And the number of at-large bids has obviously been reduced with the playoff field going from 24 to 16, (laughs) So, yeah, they have a really hard job, <laughs> um, those those people on the committee. And I, I know they'll do the best that they can. And The one thing that we've been telling our coaches, you know, the, everything's not going to be fair. Everything yeah. is not going to be as it normally is. And we do have to take the attitude of we're just happy we're getting to play. We're happy the student-athletes are playing. That We're happy that we're out there coaching them because that's ultimately – what we all want to do it's not going to be fair for the fans it's not you know it's going to be as fair as possible but it's it's just not and we're just going to have to suck it up and, and and live with that for to get through this and hopefully when we hit fall of 21 things will be back to normal and there'll be thousands of fans in the stadium and and getting back and there'll be tailgates that's you know all that stuff that's great about college athletics
0: yeah so you d- do you know why um or or if there was any conversation with other conferences having you know a universal number or you know a, a universal number that they they go off of was there conversations about that yeah, or- I,
1: yeah I mean commissioner still has been they have they have multi calls a week with other okay. commissioners, and sometimes it is just you know the f c s commissioner. sometimes it's the what they call the 22. Sometimes it's, it's all of them that includes the SEC. And the, and so, yeah, there, and a lot of communications, a lot of phone calls back and forth, emails back and forth, but ultimately each conference was allowed to just do what they felt worked for them the best. And, you know, we are not a bus league and and there are others that are, you know, bus leagues so they can do some different things with, with their schedule that, You know, maybe we can't. We tried to get as many bus trips. Um, You know, looking back, there's probably a couple that we could have done. But, you know, when you get to the schools like Northern Colorado and Cal Poly, UC Davis, and Northern Arizona, um, you know, other than one or two trips, they're flying everywhere. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't, you get, so you have to kind of balance that a little bit and go, yeah, we could build a schedule where, Montana and Montana State have three bus trips, but it's too good enough, and, and they get on a plane once. So, you know, normally during a season with non-conference games, teams are probably chartering three to four times, and we tr- tried to make sure that no one was really doing it more than twice. But obviously with Sacramento State dropping out, that created some issues with the, the tri-schools in California. So – I think Cal Poly was the one school that won't have, you know, one bus trip. And when I talk about bus trips, you know, some of those are five hundred mile bus trips. They're not, you know, down the road to long you know Laurel, yeah. Laurel to Billings or you know, either yeah. Sheridan Casper
0: type things. Yeah. yeah, that's that that's a that's a long bus trip <laughs> with a lot of grown men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you said mentioned in in week uh, four, you know, there's a buy and then there's also kind of like a, um, a rivalry week that you guys kind of made sure that you kind of protected a little bit with that bye week. Um, was that the case that you kind of wanted to have like a week designated as kind of like a rivalry week? Well, that's something
1: we've done in our schedules in the past. To be honest, we moved away from it in our um, – there, there's only two that we're, we're putting like that all the time and that's uc davis sacramento state the causeway classic and the montana montana state game and one of the reasons is we have 13 teams so there was always one team that kind of got left out and okay. that team you know the not that that same team does not want to have a bye the last week of the season all the time yeah so there were a couple that were pulled out and and we're doing it that way and so we tried to do that with this, but but it's you know it's three games. They're there, and we put them there for a reason. But to do a full out, um, and you look know, you look like Northern Arizona's closest school is Southern Utah, and you know Weber Southern Utah is a, is a in state rivalry, so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work perfectly, you know, with 13 teams and, and schools all over. But you know, obviously the Montana Montana State game has been played. For well over a hundred years, and it's you know the Super Bowl of the state of Montana. I lived there for a long time. I covered that game a lot of years. I know what it means. Um, So yeah, there's an effort to to try to do everything to to help get that that game played.
0: Yeah. So can you tell us uh, if there were any other teams that were thinking about you know not playing? I know Sac State isn't playing this year. Were there a lot more teams with Sac State that were thinking about it? You know, I think Uh, think everyone
1: everyone to some extent had to do some real searching and and talk research and talk to their student athletes and look at the financial numbers and see if it really could work. And I'm not saying sitting here today in uh, November that all 12 are you, you just don't know because. Some of it is not up to the school. We have states, you know, a place like Portland has never left their their phase one, and so just getting them to be able to practice basketball has been a challenge. And you know, in places where you can't have more than five people, together, how can you practice? And so, you know, like I it's, it's it's November. We we wanted to set a date where. You know, it it uh, schools kind of had to commit, and, and now it's 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 not a matter of um, it's not a matter of if they can. It, they're committed to playing, and they've made that commitment. Their schools made that commitment to spend you know the money to do it, but ultimately, it's some of these things are out of our schools' control. It it, it depends
0: on the state. So, did the conferences have a part in making um, the minimum games that had to be played with um, being having the playoffs? Which I I think believe believe it's at four, right?
1: And that's that's for at large consideration. So, yeah. depending how we decide to do our tiebreakers and stuff, you know, that could that number could be three for us, or it could it could end up being four to okay. send our automatic. There's only going to be five at-large teams, and I guess that could change if a couple other conferences decide not to play. Obviously, the Ivy today made the decision not to play, and the Patriot League has kind of followed suit with with whatever the Ivy has done. So okay. right now that number's five. It could be six. But each conference can determine how to to do their, auto, their automatic bid, and so our number could be three, um, or it just could end up being four but the tiebreaker situation <laughs> but but to answer your question is yeah the conference commissioners were part of that discussion and sharing what they felt it should be and then you know those those kind of discussions kind of go forward to the NCA football committee and then they got to go to like the NCA you know football oversight committee um and work their w- way uh, up up the chain so yeah that number was discussed amongst the commissioners and each conference commissioner shared shared their opinions.
0: do, do you guys have like a solidified like how you guys are going to do tiebreakers or is that still in the works or that's still it's still in the works. It's something we're actively discussing.
1: Um to be quite honest, tie, this is going to be one of the hardest things with not just football with, with all sports where you're talking about you know you could have a team play 14 basketball games a team play eight basketball games a team play 18 basketball games and so basketball starts two weeks from today so uh, we're kind of focused on that tiebreaker first (laughs) and we're making a lot of work we are discussing the football tiebreaker but we don't have we got a little more time for that and so you know obviously we have one but it doesn't it you just don't know. And and that's, that's right now is just, you have no real answers and you're trying to do the very best you can. Um, and and you're talking to other conferences a lot and sharing information like how, you know, what are you guys doing for a tiebreaker? What do you think of this? And you, you need to get the tiebreakers done before a season starts when the schools are totally neutral and yeah. you know, they don't understand because once the season starts, and all of a sudden they win one game and they lose one game, and one game got canceled. Then all of a sudden they they start to change their their mindset. So you want to get that done before the season starts, so everyone knows what it is going into the season. But it's hard because you just how do you you know what if what if a team only gets to play two games and they're two and zero, and another team went four and two. And or, you know, in basketball, it's hard, you know, because the top five teams in our tournament get a seat, get a buy. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between five and six is, is big. So what if you have a team that's, you know, only played eight games, but they're eight. No, and, oh, and you have a team that's 15 and one and you can't go just based. Do you just go on based on winning percentage? Do they have to meet a minimum amount of games? I mean, I've been doing this a long time and tiebreakers are hard. Yeah, in the first place <laughs> and when you're actually working through them and trying to think of the different scenarios it gives you a headache and oh, I, i've left i've left some of these zoom meetings the last couple of weeks and just gone right upstairs and just popping popping tylenol because it just makes your head spin and, and you everyone's trying to do the very best they can and this i mean these are unprecedented times and circumstances and i go back to everything's not going to be fair everything's not going to make perfect sense this year
0: yeah yeah exactly kind of just kind of go with what what there is and just be thankful that we have football and basketball and and these these college athletes get to play the sport that they love and and we get to watch in some somehow yeah so were there uh discussions being uh about the colder climates um and how to handle that what was what were those conversations like? Like I, you mentioned, you, you know, you can't predict the weather, you can't control the weather. Um, I don't know if schools were talking about, you know, renting some type of indoor facility where they can rent it out for a couple months. Um, but what were those it's, discussions yeah. like?
1: It's, it's, it's yeah, a lot of discussion about that. And, you know, when, when football starts up, uh, you know, their camp in late January, I mean, Cheney,
0: I know, right? (laughs) Cheney
1: and Greeley and Ogden and Pocatello and Missoula and Bozeman are not places that you want to be outside and and practicing. And, you know, Montana doesn't have an indoor facility. Eastern does not have an indoor facility. So, yeah, there was a lot of talk about that. And that was part of also the talk of should we just play – six straight weeks and start the season as late as we possibly can so that, you know, you get it. You're not, maybe you're starting in February instead of January with your practices and the coaches are rightfully concerned about that. But like I said before, I've been in this league and in this part of the country long enough that it's hard to chase. It's hard to predict that and chase it. And you know what? When I lived in Missoula, there were times I golfed in February. Oh yeah. Late February at, at the University of Montana golf course when I was a student. And then there were times where you couldn't even think of golfing in April, right? <laughs> <Yep>. And so <laughs> and I and I always I go back to, you know, Eastern Washington's played in the national championship game. Last year we had Montana State, Weber State, Montana all go deep in the playoffs yeah and those teams are practicing in December. And I actually put together a chart to show like the average high temperature for all all of our cities in January and February, March, April. And in January and February, there's really not much difference in the annual high temperatures between November and December than there is in January and February. I mean, it can be twenty below in Missoula and Bozeman in December, it can be 20 below in Missoula and Bozeman in February. But like I said, ultimately that first week of the season, we did do probably the smart thing and put, you know, two games in domes or three, two in domes, two in California or three in domes, two in California and one in Portland, but you can only do that for so long because, you know, everyone's got to have three home games. And like I said, you know, April 17th in Missoula, or, or let's see, March 27th in Missoula, when they play the Cat Grizz game, you know as well as I do, the weather could be beautiful, you know, yep. 65 degrees, nice spring day, or it could be, you know, snow. 38 with snow, <laughs> freezing yep. rain, mile yep. hour winds. So football football is playing the
0: elements. So. Yeah. Well, you know. and it's crazy because you know I know Montana. You know it it could change in a couple hours. I remember a game, the two thousand nine semifinal game versus App State in Montana. You know, yep. it was cold the start of that game. Um, yeah. It was in the thirties and forties, but by halftime it was a it was a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it can change in a matter of matter of yeah, hours. Well, I mean, so. I've been to I've
1: been to Cat Grizz games. You know, where the weather was gorgeous. You know, forty five degrees, Chris day and I've been to the 2003 game in Bozeman where it was like five degrees at kickoff and you didn't want to be outside so yeah you just don't you don't can't predict I mean we tried to build a softball when we when we started softball in the league and they were like let's put all the early season games in the warm weather locations and we're like well we have Sacramento that's a warm weather location and and no one else really is you know you probably don't want to play a game in Grand Forest that season, the only games that we had canceled all year were the opening weekend in Sacramento because it rained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> believe me, I've said that throughout this this scheduling conversations. I'm like, we're trying, we're trying to chase like I said, I call it chasing weather. And yeah. you don't it's know, of, and, you know It's of, like, something that you're not gonna be able to control. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're yeah, you're playing the game in Flagstaff in Moscow, Idaho, in a dome or Pocatello but the hardest part could be getting there to yeah. actually getting to the game in those places in late February if there's a gigantic snowstorm yeah yeah once you get there and get in the dome it's going to
0: be great but uh <laughs> when you, you
1: know getting there yeah, yeah, it, might, it
0: might take you about a week to get there but yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but are a lot of talk about the weather a lot of talk about that and what to do and
1: I don't know. That's where you, you kind of hope, you know, that global warming thing in this January and February, you know, it's <laughs> going to be really nice. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I joke that, you know, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> What does, uh, what does the fan capacity look like, you know, for these games that are um, left up to, the, I know some, sometimes, you know, are, are they left up to the school? I know sometimes different states, you know, they control that different uh Counties, yeah. How how is that gonna work? Because you know the big side conference kind of goes with what the counties and the and the states Mm -hmm. say. Yeah, Um, they don't have any control of that over that. But you know of the conversation.
1: We number number one. We've said all along and told our schools that we're we're not going to issue a mandate that says no no one can if if one team can't have fans, no one can have fans. Obviously, selling tickets is is how you know a lot of our schools draw revenue. And so if you can have fans that will be allowed. And yeah, obviously Montana would love to have twenty six thousand fans every week and Montana State would love to have twenty one thousand fans every week. And Eastern would like to have ten thousand fans and sell out every week. But that's not even gonna be necessarily their call that's going to be state mandates. It's going to be uh, county, um, mandates. And it's my understanding, like, you know, if, if Missoula or Bozeman, if they want to do anything, they have to go to their County and their County has to approve what their, what their plans are, you know, what their yeah. plans are for social distancing, how many fans they want to have. Um, you know, I know here in Utah, we had some discussions with some arenas and, you know this was a couple months ago and they were telling us well we can have as many as three thousand fans and we're like well that's great for an indoor event now if you've been following the case numbers today we almost hit four thousand in utah and a, a, a few weeks ago we were you know hovering at about a thousand a day and people were freaking out and we've gone from a thousand per day of positive tests to today almost four thousand wow. so the odds, you know, it's just, you don't know. It's, it's, you know, this is a really, really difficult time and a difficult week because the numbers are rising and this has been, I don't think I, I, well, I know how hard it's been and, but when you work in college athletics and all you want to do is be able to see the student athletes compete and it's really hard. And, now you're looking at these cases going, you know, can we really do this? Can we really, are we really going to be playing basketball in two weeks? Yeah. We've done all kinds of hours and hours and hours of work with medical committees and doctors and to to do, to create policies and procedures that we hope are going to allow this to happen. But it's, it's, it's hard and you've gotten excited these last few weeks because you're like, coming you know we're actually talking about playing games but it's also sobering my wife works at a hospital and you know knowing that she went to work tonight and and they don't have enough beds they have she'll sit with people that have covid all Uh night long and so that's hard it's it's mentally challenging for so many people you know not for everybody and so we also have to remember we're going through a global pandemic that, you know, my grandfather's 86 years old and with Alzheimer's and he has it right now in a nursing home in in North Dakota. And, you know, he's isolated and that's that's hard. That's real life stuff. We're we're doing sports and there's real life things happening that that you got to sometimes sometimes step back and, and realize, you know, what's happening.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm I'm a teacher usually, so um, it has been you, hard. Right?
1: Thank you for what you're doing, and it's been hard,
0: right? It's, it's been hard. It's been hard. Right now, we're actually in school, um, but man, our cases are going up too, and you just you just never know. It, you just never know what will happen, and it's just crazy. So,
1: yeah. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing because. I have so much respect for teachers and our, our, here in Utah, we've been in school every day and I've talked to my kids, teachers several times and just thank them for doing what they're doing. So our kids can, you know, be back in school, but you worry about their safety and, and health.
0: So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well thank you for, for that. Uh, what were some of the, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, just sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> what were some of the difficulties with, with this process? That, you know, probably gave you a headache and you probably wanted a drink afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: like when you start working through a schedule and everything, it's like a puzzle and you can't move one piece without, or maybe it's like Jenga and you pull one thing and the whole thing comes crashing down on you. And I know like Dan Satter from our staff is our deputy committee, deputy commissioner and... He joined us not long after Tom Wissersel was hired as our commissioner. And Dan is one of the smartest people I have ever met. And he, when it comes to the sports stuff and he is such a hard worker and he has worked so hard on these schedules and we've come up with different, like multiple drafts and you, and I, and I'm not the best at it by not even close and I've tried to build some myself, and people don't understand how like, understand hard it is because you're, you go into the season and say, all right, you're playing these eight games, you're playing these eight opponents, and then you go, okay, you don't want them to have more than two home games in a row, you don't want them to have more than two road games in a row, and so you start pulling, and then you go, okay, we gotta save this date for this game, Cat Grizz game, <laughs> boom, there. UCA's game is here there okay then then there's a bye week you got to have a bye week and you got to change the bye weeks every year so not everyone has the same bye weeks every year and and then and then we have a rotation right the home road the home road so you think there's all these and there are a million possibilities but when you start boiling it down like all right Missoula's Montana hosts Montana State this year right so you put that game in the last game of the year and then you start go building the schedule and you can't build it school by school. You got to build it kind of week by week. So now all of a sudden you start to build that schedule and Montana's already got a home game, the last game of the season. And so now you look at their, well, they only have three options. Okay. And and so when you start building it, it's, and I know there's computers that can probably do this with algorithms and we've used, we've used those in the past, um, uh, you know, professional people that do this guy that does the nba the nhl and and uh but man there's been times where like we've finished stuff and we've been on those committee calls and they're like why don't we go back and look and see if we can do this and do this and do this game and i'm like you guys don't (laughs) understand like Do you, do you care about Dan Sanders mental health here? I mean, this is, I mean, I'm kind of a jokester and I can't try to keep things light, you know? So, but (laughs) you're kind of half joking when you say those things. Yeah, I tried to do some and, and I, you know, I was like ecstatic when I actually completed one that actually worked, but how many times I just got up from my computer and walked away. Like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is only a football game with eight games. Try to do it. with. You know a normal basketball schedule where you have twenty games and and the home road and we have odd amount of teams at eleven and it um that it's it, it's hard and and then you try to build a you try to build schedules out for like four years um to do the home road rotations and uh and to you know like well we don't want to go on the road the first game every year we want to be at home you know it should all those things should alternate. Don't want to have the same bye weeks, and you so you try to build them for four years so that a school can go you look them at over a four-year period, and things kind of equal out, and they go, Yeah, you know, this wasn't isn't the best this year, but the next year it kind of gets made up for, and and then so you have these, and you're like, Sweet, we got four years of schedule, we don't have to worry about it. And and the way football works now is like you know, teams are scheduling games like a hundred years from now.
0: Oh, yeah, oh yeah,
1: and, and it's like Hey, so-and-so is reaching out to us to see if we can play in our bye week in uh, 2040. Um, Can you guys build a (laughs) schedule out? (laughs) And you're just like, can we just get through this four-year rotation? So we were actually making a lot of progress before this on our next four-year schedule rotation and how that was going to work and some changes that we're making to that. So I used to joke, uh, Ron Lockery was our deputy commissioner for a long long time and there was one time the bozeman newspaper in a story like wondered who put this schedule you know who put these schedules together like a drunken sailor you know and, <laughs> and, and so we used to call ron the, the drunken sailor because people have no idea what how hard it is to to build this they have schools like well we don't want to play on that weekend at home because it's hunting season or it's a big religious <laughs> holiday so can you put us on the road that week and
0: and it's yeah yeah, yeah. so did, did you guys do this on a computer or did you guys have like a big board where you'd like move like teams around or so dan satter is the king of excel that guy
1: okay <laughs> amazing that program's amazing i know a little bit about it but that program's amazing and that guy can fit, uh, I think he's, you know, probably fit a couple million words on one sheet. You got you to have a microscope oh, yeah. to see it. Oh, yeah. You know, he he is, he's really good at it. So we kind of build grids and, um and work off the grids and moving games and, and things like, you know, like that. So because number one, we have not been, this is an honest to true story. I have not seen Dan Satter in person since Thursday, March twelfth, the day that we. Are, I'm trying to. No, okay, so Friday, March thirteenth, we loaded up our stuff and left Boise. Um, for health reasons, Dan, you know, we have not reopened our office. We some of us have gone in there some days but I have like three work colleagues I see every day on zoom, but I have not physically been in the same room with them since March. Wow! So the idea of working on a big board and, you know, being in the conference room and doing that. Yeah, no.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys are, you know, being careful and stuff like that, but that, that that's gotta be rough too. So.
1: It, It really is because part of, and you know, this as a teacher, you, you build, Chemistry and you build camaraderie with the people you work with and have the fun of working. At, at, and what we doing is traveling to games together, going to a championship, and hey, we're hopping in the car. We got to go up to Boise for you know some meetings for the basketball tournament, and just you know that I've always loved that time in the car with your colleagues and getting to know them and and joking and laughing and telling stories about working college athletics. And that's I'm a people person, and so that that just it it's not fun it's
0: yeah you know it's not fun yeah definitely yeah so there was there ever uh talk about doing a uh schedule just based off of like geography and ha- you know playing like three schools twice or or what was like that what was, like, yeah the conversations not
1: on? much about playing schools twice you know with 13 schools it's you want to have some variety. And so we felt like we were able to do that, but still keep, like we've talked about the bus trips and keep the costs, you know, down. Um, So we never really got into the discussion of like, yeah, Eastern and Montana should play twice and Idaho and Eastern should play twice. And Idaho state and Weber should play twice. We never, we never really got deep into those conversations we tried to regionalize it as best we could, but because there's schools that that just doesn't work for at all. Um, You know, like, like you said, other than Northern Arizona, playing at Southern Utah and maybe a trip to, to, uh, to Weber on a bus, which I've actually driven from Ogden to Flagstaff and I don't (laughs) recommend it. uh, And I don't recommend it in a, in a bus. Um, those it just doesn't work great. You ha- you do have some like you know you look at the northern tier with Idaho, Eastern Montana, Montana State. and You can put Idaho State in there. Um, you can do things like that with certain schools, but not with the whole conference.
0: Yeah. How many drafts do you think there were? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't. It, that's it's it's hard to say because I don't know how many Dan started and then just deleted. <laughs> I know how many I started and then just like started over. Um, but I mean, we had an eight game, you know, like I said, for a long time, we were like, we're going to get through this. We're just going to move the eight games that we had scheduled for the fall. We're going to move them to spring, boom, done. And so it wasn't until really the last, so probably August where we started making alternate schedules and plans and, you know, coming with the realization that probably all 13 weren't going to play. So um, I know with one version of our basketball schedule a few years ago, we had like 68 versions, and wow. like that's when the computer dude was doing it. So, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh we man, we don't want
1: that. But it's it's that's why it's so it's so hard.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't imagine. Yeah, that I'm not a, a number guy by any means. Um, I'll do some things on on a computer, but nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. So. Do you know of how um, having a spring uh, season will affect uh, recruiting or will it have any effect on recruiting?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's been a long time since uh, coaches were even able to go out and hit the road and recruit, and it's probably going to be a while longer. So it's – I I think it's hard because, let's be honest, coaches are creatures of habit, right? everything they do throughout the year is regimented from winter conditioning to spring ball to recruiting 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 summer camps this that you know this is the day we start we know who our schedule is going to be we prepare for that everything's been blown up right this last year and i can't imagine how hard it's been on coaches who like i said their coaches are creatures of habit yeah and you know they know what they're going to be doing every saturday in september october and november you know starting you know starting in late oh, july yeah. they know what they're going to be doing and what every day is going to be and there is none of that right now so that's hard and yeah how is it, how is it going to affect recruiting how is us playing in the spring are there going to be you know today big news in the conference with uh Turi from Montana, the wide receiver, going to the transfer portal. How much of that are you going to see? Sacramento State not playing. How is that going to affect um, their current roster? And how is that going to affect recruiting? Uh, You know,
0: having, you know, that free basically giving a free year to everybody like that, that affects schools big time because, like, you you know, how many scholarships are you going to offer? You know, you've Mm -hmm. offered this many. Yep. 14, except you're going to have to say, Oh, okay. We can't have that many. It's going to yep. affect the budget. Yep. Have you heard anything like, you know, how are schools going to, to handle that? You know, you know, some, some schools, they'll be able to say, Hey, can we ask for more money? Um, but some schools are in a tight bind. Right. Oh. All, tight pretty bind. Much all schools
1: are in a tight budget. And that's a great yeah. question. Yeah. And some of that happens naturally. I mean, look, not all kids at our level are going pro and there's some kids that probably reach a point and say, you know, I've had, I've got my education, I'm graduating. I'm good. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, It's been great, but I I really have no desire to continue playing. But yeah, I think it's going to have a huge impact on the high school classes across the country. Um, You know, some kids may have to you know, take a year off and, and, and wait to come. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, but yeah, there's huge financial implications for that too. And that's something that our schools, you know, they talk to each other about, and you know, what are you guys doing? What's your plan? How many you think you're going to have back? How many, you know, we went through that with, um, you know, the, the, the school, the sports in the spring that, um, didn't get to play at all. And so, it's hard it's there's there's so many unknowns and and not everyone
0: has all the answers and if yeah. they think they
1: do they don't. they don't
0: <laughs> yeah so does the big Sky conference have any kind of like covid testing regulations and um do you know what they are
1: yeah, so we have a return to play manual um and we have a medical committee that's been meeting at least once a week for a long time and so they're they're finishing up what what our protocols are going to be and and like I indicated earlier like we're two weeks away from basketball so that is the biggest piece to this and you know thankfully there's been um, better cheaper rapid testing and that's available to our schools and that's going to help is like you know the NCA has has had protocols about you have to test 3 times a week for yeah. um high impact or you know high risk sports so that's what our schools are are going to have to do and follow and and are following those things and you know um my wife had a covid test last week and I, and so I was asking them like hey are you guys doing the PCR testing or antigen testing like <laughs> and my wife was like how do you know about that stuff? And I'm like, cause that's all we talk. about. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, there's protocols. And I mean, the conversations that you're having now, like, it's like, what do you do if uh, you're on the road and a student athlete comes down with symptoms? And because the last thing that you want, like you're on a basketball road trip I'm and, on a bus, uh, you know, Sacramento oh. state has flown to Bozeman or something. And, a SAC state student athlete or assistant coach comes down with uh, symptoms, not even saying he has it, but symptoms. Like the kid going to stay in Bozeman for 14 days isolated. Like there's, there's all kinds of, what if you have a officials, you know, officials is a big thing. They're traveling um, all over, you know, for basketball and you start a game with, You go into a game with three, and then we talked about protocols for testing officials. And all of a sudden, you know, day of game, one of them has symptoms and they can't officiate. And now we got to start a game with two. Well, what if we start a game with two and one of them gets hurt, which happens on occasion? Can you finish a game with one?
0: Like, yeah, those are like, yeah, well, even like with referees too, like they travel around the world or around the nation and, yeah. and they're probably in with different types of crews. So do you limit, you know, you're only with this crew, this area, right. Uh, that, that has has to do with it. And also like what you were saying let's see, say, you know, you go to Sac state, Montana goes to Sac state and a player from Montana gets sick. You know, you don't want to put them on a, uh, on a plane and get the rest of the team sick or, or, you know, bus or whatever you're flying or or bussing so yeah that's those are crazy crazy things that probably most people don't even look at
1: yeah no i mean what if you got someone in your score table that shows up on the score table and a day later test positive like all those types of things that's what like who's going to be in that inner bubble who's second tier you have to do temperature tests is everyone going to have to be tested like they're just every day is more questions and trying to come up with more answers. But we've had, like I said, we've had medical committee working on these things. We've had guidance from the NCAA, um, guidance from other conferences. Uh, you know, We have a call every two weeks um, where people from all the conferences get on a Zoom with the NCAA and a lot of it is that, like, what are you guys doing? Have you made decisions on this? How are you handling this? um because we're all trying to work together because we keep going back to we just want the student athletes to be able to compete and compete safely
0: yeah so um have the uh, there been any conversations about you know the uh face shields that came out probably the beginning of this that were um supposed to help with um the breathing or the you know the the spit or saliva yeah
1: i don't know if those are going to be used actually hold on a second because i I actually have one that I'm supposed to get up to Jay Hill at Weber State because I I live not too far from Weber State. But this is a cloth one that would wrap around your face, your face mask. I don't have a football helmet, but you can see it's cloth. Okay. So it would be instead of plastic, which I know the breathing sometimes fogs. Having played hockey when I was a kid in North Dakota, knowing that those fog up, um, that this is something. I don't know if if we're not going to. I don't think we're going to mandate those types of things, and that's going to be up to each school. But you know, our officials in football they may have to wear face masks. Um, you know, like a sport like volleyball, the testing can be different if the the volleyball student athletes just wear the mask while they play. It'll yeah. it'll change how they have to test. So that's something that we're looking at for a sport like volleyball, an mm-hmm. indoor sport where they're not, you know, got team on this side, team on that side. Yeah. They're not even mingling. So um, things like that, we're looking at, but yeah, that was kind of cool. This got sent to the commissioner last week and he's like, why don't you take that up to Jay and their equipment manager and see what they, they think about that. So
0: nice. Nice. So, you know, with I, brought the news- props, man. I brought props for the podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, with the news of uh southern utah possibly leaving you know this you know rumors swirling have you heard any news on that really not
1: since their president came out and said what he said i haven't heard anything about it so okay that's part of living in a conference though i mean you know i've been here 17 years and you know we added northern colorado and then we added a bunch of schools and then north dakota left and You know, you look at every conference and every history that goes through those types of things. And um, so it it happens and and we'll deal with it if if they stay, if they go, you know, who knows. So
0: but really not much
1: news about that right now.
0: Do you think, uh, you know, if that's possibly, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, having another FCS school out west, Um, just because, you know, the biggest guy is the only FCS school and, you know, the distance and the travel, um, do you think, you know, more schools, you know, and this is just probably just your opinion, probably Mm -hmm. not just anything, but do you think there would be a lot more schools if that was going to be a a fruition? Um, do you think some of the the big size schools would kind of look at that and say, Hey, well, that probably would make a lot more sense, you know there's two we're still having an f c s uh football we're, we've got an automatic qualifier for basketball yeah. um what what's your yeah. opinion on that? well,
1: number one, I th- personally think another f c s conference in the west would be great yeah I think it would help our schools um, with scheduling uh scheduling non conference games is really hard for our schools because you know for Other than than, um, now Dixie State, and you've got San Diego, that's it in the West. So that's really hard. And, uh, you know, the minute Dixie State announced that they were going, (laughs) I I mean, everyone was calling them, like, hey, we'll schedule, we'll play you, we'll play you. And so I think those things are good. you know, we'll see what the WAC does. There's rumors about Texas schools and and who knows what, but, you know, I I think it would be good. I think anything, I love FCS football. I've been following it for 30 years, 31 years, been covering it been part of the big sky. So I love FCS football. Um, I personally think it would be good to have another conference um, out in the West because sometimes we get lost out here. We're, you know, we're strong, we're good, but, there's so many other teams, you know, on the East coast and the South. And uh, so we're kind of out here by ourselves. So I'm, I'm all for a good. I wish um, I, I personally, and that may not be the official party stance. I don't know, but that's what I, I'm, I'm like, go for it. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do it. It could be some good things for FCS football in the West.
0: Well, even like with like football, um, you know, and not to eliminate teams right now, but if, if you got it down to, you know, a nine, nine team conference, you could, you know, play logistically wise a, yeah. a, a true champion schedule where you play yeah. everybody. Um, what in my opinion, that would just be nice. I'd get, you'd get to see everybody get to see who is really the best team. Um, just because with sometimes you just, who are they playing? Are they really good? And the big sky, you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> who's the, yeah. Who's the, and and, and who I know that. and,
1: and Yeah, that's true, but a lot of conferences these days deal with that because yeah. conferences got really big at the beginning of this decade. And so it doesn't matter, you know, whether it be the big 10 or the CAA or the Missouri Valley, I mean, the Missouri Valley is up to, I think, 11 now. So that happens a lot. And what I always say is, you know what, our top three four schools are going to make the playoffs and we're giving that many more kids that opportunity to have a postseason. And you know what, we feel like we can compete for a national championship every year. So, uh, you know, and last year, how many teams did we put in the semifinals? Was it three? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't two. remember anymore. Two, I two in two. the semifinals, three in the quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we put three in the quarters, two in the semis, so, you know, we're 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 competing for national championships. I know, I mean, I I was in the league when we had eight uh, when we only had eight schools and we only played seven conference games and then people were like, we got to have another team so we can all play four home games and four road games. So Northern Colorado came on board and, you know, from 2006 to 2011, that's what we had. We had the nine and everyone played everybody and there were still ties. <laughs> There were still ties, there were still co champions, um so just like we we deal with now, but yes, every team did play everybody, but in those times of year, you know this team beat that team, but that team lost to that team,
0: so it wasn't always like there was a clean clear cut champion, yeah, yeah, so can you kind of go over the the process of the basketball schedule and and was it similar to the the how the football schedule came along?
1: yeah, so the basketball schedule there were a lot of different ideas thrown around well first first of all a decision was made in the spring to go from 20 to 16 game conference games and that was all about cost and saving saving money and cutting a road trip because you know that all the talk back in april and may which seems like 10 years ago was we're going to play we're going to be able to play but things are going to be lean and and so we need to cut costs and so that decision was made. And then when the NCA announced that we were going to delay the start of the schedule uh, to the 25th, we lost a lot of non-conference games. So then it became, well, we want to get as many games in as possible. So let's go back to 20. And so we decided to go back to 20. And then it was like, well, how should we do this? So we looked at a lot of different options, like you know, was creating bubbles feasible, was looking at different areas or different schools and hosting, let's say we sent four teams to Eastern Washington and four teams to Sacramento and three teams to Weaver State. And you kind of played a round robin, went home, took a break. That just wasn't going to work um, because you're putting, the, you know, kids on camp for a multitude of reasons. It It just... Yeah. Wasn't gonna work. I was like, well, do we just state things the way we are? And ultimately we came up with what we did with the playing double headers, Um, playing at the same school. Um, And if you look, a lot of conferences have come up with very similar schedules uh, for conference season. Um, So again, a lot of work went into that, a lot of discussion. We have a basketball committee, just like we have a football committee and then we have an Olympic sports committee. So the basketball committee, so we're having all these meetings, you know, on Zoom every week with these different committees and going through these things. And then, and then those committees kind of come up with recommendations and we take them to the full athletic directors group. And then once agreements are made there, then we make decisions, uh, then it goes to our faculty athletic reps and then ultimately our presidents decide it. So with every schedule, football, basketball, soccer, softball we're going through the same processes um but, but with basketball coming up you know decision had to be made there and then going back to 20 meant we had to to move games back into december which was our original original schedule before covid ever happened yeah. um and then when we went to 16 we opened that week up so then some teams had scheduled games for the 3rd and 5th of december already and so then they had to go back and work Either eliminate those games, move those games, or move conference games. So, I mean, we have ske- we have we have ba- we have schools that haven't released their full basketball schedules yet, and we're thirteen yeah. days away from the first game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think Montana has. And I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know, I know the know the conference, but like, you don't know if there's is a con or a, a a non-conference schedule that they're gonna. Uh, do you know if they're going to have any non-conference games yeah
1: i i'm pretty sure they will um they just haven't probably finalized everything yet and you know there were some decisions made a couple weeks ago like with espn um not doing their bubble in orlando and that opened up probably some pac-12 teams um that may have been then looking for games so it's just a weird
0: year man (laughs) It, it definitely is it definitely is So what, what was created, like you said, is a 20 conference schedule with, you know, 10 teams playing twice. Uh, What was the data or knowledge or um, how did you guys come up with, with that? And, and, you know, all this information that you're you're you have is, is based off of how can we keep the student athletes safe, um, but also having them be able to play what was What was the knowledge that you guys were getting for that?
1: Well, I think it, I think with that one, it really boiled down to cutting travel. So okay. instead of kids, so normally you know you would have a trip where maybe you played uh, southern Utah, Northern Arizona. So if you're Montana State in Montana and you made that road trip, you probably flew to Vegas, bust to wherever your first game was, whether it be Flagstaff or um cedar city and so and then played the game did the bus trip then went back to vegas and flew home what we tried to do with the double headers is limit that or cut that second leg of the travel okay so just play back to back stay in one city you're not around as many people um call it a mini bubble if you want um but, you know, it, is it going to be perfect? No. Are we going to have games canceled? Likely. Um, you know, kids are going to, the student athletes are going to have to be vigilant on the road, you know, when they're in a hotel and how they're interacting. And, and you know, I think you're going to see a lot more. We're not going out to eat at a restaurant. Everything's going to be ordered in, and you're going to eat in your room, and it's, you know, um, that kind of stuff and how how close they're getting to people in an airport and all that kind of just like I said it just gives you a headache thinking about it um yeah. but ultimately that was a big decision was to cut down on the travel okay. still play 20 games you're still playing everyone in the league um you're just not doing home and homes with everybody but we try okay. to keep some of those home and homes where you can bus okay so You know, the Montana and Montana State won't play both games in Bozeman or both games in Missoula. They'll get to do, like, naturally they they have done before. Okay.
0: So, my next question, how is the, you know, the big side tournament going to be ran? Um, Are there going to be, you know, less teams in the tournament? Are there going to be, like, a – are you guys going to – after the uh, regular season, is there going to be, like, a two-week quarantine and then come back and play? How is that going to be ran?
1: Well, number one, the tournament in Boise is one of my biggest responsibilities. So I'm very, you know, we haven't been able to do a lot of work on it yet because we don't know if we're going to be able to sell tickets. Um, Right now the arena has like a capacity. They can't have more than 50 people uh, in the arena. We are planning on having all the teams there um, and playing a tournament like We have in the past with all 11 teams on each men's and women's side starting on Monday, finishing on Saturday. Uh, That's the plan. Um, Beyond that, we don't know (laughs) a heck of a lot, but we did not we did not put, you know, an an open date in for the last two weeks of the season or anything like that for quarantine. Um, So and, and, you know, I keep, I keep hoping we've heard good news this week about a vaccine and hopefully that'll be approved and then others will follow suit quickly. And hopefully by March, we'll be in a much, much better place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, but we may help. not
1: know those things until, you know, we may not be putting tickets on sale
0: until February. Who I, I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So what would you... Even with that, like you know, I, I've had conversations with people and and with some some friends that I have that are nurse and and nurses and stuff, and it, you just don't know how people are going to react with the virus and or or even with the vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. Is it something that we you just look at and say, hey, we're not going to offer tickets, you know, or or maybe we'll do you know just the school, Parents. you know the parents or do you just give school like people and just say, yeah. Hey, we got to, we got to protect, you want know, yeah. to protect Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: absolutely. 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 And, and yeah. And it's so crazy to think about here we are four months from tomorrow is the date that we're supposed to crown our champions or crown them. Four months from today, we'd be crowning a women's champion and four months from tomorrow, a men's champion and i keep going back to you know 8 months ago we were there yeah. and we had to shut down and our office looks exactly like it did the day we unpacked like we have cases of water lining the hallways the the merchandise from you know boise that we weren't able to sell is sitting in my office and the trophies are still sitting in my office unpacked. And, and we're, it's been eight months. And now we're four months away from
0: going back, (laughs) you know, what do you, what do you do with that merchandise? Like, you just like, do you resell? I don't know how many people would.
1: (laughs) You know, we talked about doing some things and and stuff, but it's like, then we got to pay, you know, paying the shipping and handling and, and, you know, so really we got it, we got to eat it. So uh, yeah. let me know if you're, if you're ever in Farmington, Utah, come on by. buy, I'll give you a, I'll give you a t-shirt. Uh, All righty. All righty. So, <laughs> no, normally we don't have that problem because the people we work with, you know, know the quantities to buy. And so that we don't end up with a lot and we end up selling it a lot of time at the tournament, you know, we sell out of stuff and yeah, we didn't get, there were five teams that never played you know five men's teams that never took the court and you know our biggest ticket days are thursday friday and saturday which we lost so you know i have no doubt we would have sold that merchandise had we um had it and you know it's it's not like it's the t-shirts like that you have made up for the champ you know like that doesn't win and then you got to send it to a third world country i mean this is just like (laughs) 2020 poise basketball
0: championship
1: so yeah
0: yeah so what will, I know, and this kind of goes back, I know this probably goes to um, certain communities and, and and stuff like that, but what does the capacity look like for these um, basketball games? Um, have you heard, you know, anything about that? No,
1: other than, you know, we've had some schools announce they're going to start the season without fans. And like I said, it's, it's up to each county, each, you know, the schools have to come up with plans and the counties or states have to approve them. So whether it's like 10 percent capacity or 20 percent capacity, um, I just like I just don't know, because really the talk has been like, let's just get the student athletes on the court. And if fans are part of that and can be part of that, they will be um, to what extent is up to each state, each county, each school. Um, what they'll allow but I know that Weber State has announced they're not they're going to go without fans and Montana State I think announced today they're going to go without fans so but we need fans so you know we're going to have we're going to have every game available on um, for basketball every all of our home games are going to be on Pluto again which I think is a um, it's a great platform Uh, I know there's sometimes technical issues with I mean, you and I have been having this conversation and my internet went out. That's, you know, it, it, that's not Pluto's fault. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to blame you. You asked me to come on here, but I'm not blaming you for my internet being slow and, and stopping. So, uh, well, you yeah, know, things I, like that happen, but we need, we want fans to tune in. We want fans to stay engaged. Um, So we, we need that. And, and, our our student athletes, quite frankly, you know, need that, and they need to know that the fans haven't abandoned them, and they care, and they're 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 watching or listening to the radio, however they can still follow the team, even if it's not being in in the
0: arena. Yeah, and you know, I, honestly, Pluto is awesome. You know, it's, it's you know the basketball is great. You know, the football is sometimes d- different areas. It's kind of but yeah. As long as I get to watch it, you know, for a long time, you know, when you're in Montana, you'd always get to watch the game, you know, on your local channel. Nowadays, when you're in Montana, it's kind of hard to find um, a channel, you know, that there's Root Sports or um SWX, um, yep. Um, but here down in Wyoming where I'm I'm at, you know, if it's not on Pluto, I, I'm not gonna be able to get it. Um but so I really love Pluto for that fact that I get them down here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hit and miss sometimes. So.
1: Yeah. And, and understand, you know, again, that's not necessarily Pluto. That's our schools and the production. And we've tried to work hard with our schools to, to improve their productions. Um, but football is hard. It's a huge field. It's, and, and a lot of times it is students learning, uh, trying to do it the best that they, they can. And, and, uh, so, yeah, we push and we're having calls right now. I've had six this week and two last week and I we got three more to go where we we have individual calls with every school and have representatives from Pluto TV and the Big Sky and the schools, you know, just hitting home right now, like how important this is that we don't have issues on your, you know, on your end with, well, the, you know, the school is messing with the internet and it went down or we didn't have our TriCaster ready to go. And so all of our schools will start testing with Pluto Two next week to make sure everything's set and everything's good to go. And, uh, but it's technology and, and, you know, it's, <laughs> we don't have ESPN crews coming in with a big truck to do these games and, you know, it's up to our schools. And, and like I said, we worked really hard to, to improve the production at our schools and, and put minimum standards in, uh, for schools to follow. But believe me, I, I got gray hair. And a lot of that is from (laughs) logging on and, you know, like, Oh, you know, or getting a text, like so-and-so's computer just blew up. Oh, great. Oh no. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, I, 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 I'm a fan of it. You know, it's, it's free. (laughs) You can't beat that. So, um, so yeah, and I, I honestly think you know the average you know college fan, if it was you know a prescription or a, not prescription, subscription, sorry prescription yeah. Wow, um, I think they would probably pay a little bit to be able to see their games. But yeah, I I, I like Pluto, and and they've done a a lot for the conference. I think.
1: Yeah, we had a, we had last year. We had although we lost we lost like ninety five events. And we lost that end of the basketball tournament. But we had over 70 million minutes of Big Sky Conference content watched on Pluto. And that was an increase of 16% from the previous year when we had a full schedule. And, you know, Pluto got bought by CBS Viacom. Okay. And when we started with Pluto, they were at 6 million active users per month. And now they're up to like 26 act, 26 million active users per month. If you got time, I'll I'll tell you a quick story about a guy I heard from a couple weeks ago, who lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, a couple years ago, his wife said, "You, I'm going to buy you a gift every year, and you can go to any college conference basketball tournament you want to go to." So he said, "I went to the Missouri Valley my first year, and then, you know, I had never been to Boise, so I I got in my car and I drove to Boise for your basketball tournament." He said, "I had so much fun." I started following your conference on Pluto. I watch all your games. I keep I have a scorebook. I I know all the players in your league. He said, I came back last year and uh was standing outside on Thursday morning when they canceled the tournament. But he said, I want to know when your tickets are going on sale. Um, because I I want to be there and I want I want my seat, you know, center court. First row behind the hockey bleachers. Um, and then he's like, so are you guys putting all your games on Pluto this year? Because I watch all your games. And I was like, Yep. And I was just floored by it. It made me, you know, made me feel really good that, you know, how many other people who out there have started following the Big Sky Conference because they rely on Pluto, you know, as their free TV. They've gone away from cable, they've gone away from satellite, and they watch Pluto, and all yeah. of a sudden there's live sports on. Them. You know, yeah, How many
0: people? I, I don't know, but yeah, there's a few. Yeah. Well, I and mean, it's it's hard to find live live sports on those subscription. You know, there's some yeah. that do it, some that don't, but you know, you usually you're having to pay and and, and yeah, it's it's crazy. So somebody from Grand Rapids, Michigan, wanting to watch Big Sky teams. So yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so it looks like you know, um, when I was kind of going through it, the the Between the double headers, there's usually a five-game day, a five-day layoff between the next game. Was Mm -hmm. that for a certain purpose, kind of for like rest or or for for travel time, or
1: no? It's kind of just
0: what you
1: know. Normally, we play like a Thursday-Saturday type schedule anyway. Okay. Um, Sometimes we mix in uh, Monday games um, because we have an odd number of teams, but normally a a college schedule is going to be laid out like that, where you're playing uh, Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, TVs change that in the big conferences and the money that they have that they charter, you know, every game and hop on their plane and go back to camp It can get back to campus or you're in a bus league that you can, you know, bus easily. But most conferences look play like a, you know, a, you know, or a Tuesday, Friday, or some Tuesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Saturday, we, We've traditionally played a Thursday Saturday schedule in our league.
0: Okay. Okay. Protocols for the Big Sky do they do they need to follow certain protocols for non conference game and how many conference games they need? Uh, basketball. Games? Yeah.
1: You know, for basketball, the NCA put a limit on how many games you can have, which they do every year, but it, it dropped because of of COVID. Um, but you're going to see teams probably some that play seven or eight non-conference games while other teams maybe only play four so we didn't put um we didn't tell them they couldn't play non-conference games they can play non-conference games unlike football um but the teams that they play are going to have to follow the protocols like our protocol so they're playing like a non-division
0: one team those schools are going to have to follow protocols Okay. Did you, Have you heard of any minimums that they would have to play to be able to make the NCAA tournament? Yeah, so right
1: now that number's is 13. Um, okay. Going into the season, they have to play 13 games, and the conference tournament would only count for one game.
0: So even oh, though okay. you may
1: play three games in the conference tournament, that would only count for one. And to be okay. honest, that's a lot of the discussion that we've had when trying to develop our tiebreaker formula for basketball – you know what that minimum number should be. Should it just be twelve? Um, or but we also think there's there ultimately that number is change will change and there will be waivers. So if we get into the season, um, and all of a sudden all of December's wiped out, you you'll see that number, you'll see that number change. So but right okay. now the number they've set is 13.
0: Okay. Hey, John, that's the last question I had. I, I totally appreciate you taking the time and, and answering some questions for us and joining us on, on the podcast. And uh, I really appreciate you, man.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. I love talking about the Big Sky Conference and hope, hope your, fan, your, your listeners gain some knowledge and know that we're working really hard on this stuff to try to get it
0: done. That's going to do it for another episode of Fight on Montana. I would like to thank my guest, Senior Associate Commissioner of Championships, John Casper, for joining the podcast and answering our questions about the Big Sky basketball schedule, also football schedule, and the the array of questions that we had on here. Also, thank you for the listener of listening to our podcast. Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your your podcasts at also find us on our social media outlets uh, on Twitter at fight on Montana, Instagram at fight on Montana, and also our Facebook page as well at fight on Montana until the next time fight on.